Halleluja. I want to take just a few moments. I'm going to give you a sermonette this morning. Is that all right? I won't, I won't keep you long, but if you want to go to class, you can do that. If you want to stay in the room, you can do that. I don't care, whatever. But I want to talk to us this morning for a few moments. I want to talk to us for a few moments this morning concerning something that the Lord himself has created and that is near and dear to his heart. And I believe that it's near and dear to the hearts of those that is in this room with me, as well as those that are joining us by way of internet today. We say thank you to all of you that are on our social media platforms that continually uh, join us and we pray that you feel the presence of the Lord this morning wherever you may be or whenever you may watch this. But I want to take a few moments this morning and this is shifting gears from the atmosphere that we're in but I believe it's the right atmosphere to deliver to you something of this magnitude of importance. I want to talk to you today about the rebuilding of family. I want to talk to you today about an unprotected house this morning. You will read in your Bible where it says, If the good man of the house would have known one hour the thief would have come, he would have not suffered it to be broken into. We could, we could preach from there this morning. But... I don't want to get ahead of us, but I want, whether you're a grandma or grandpa in this room or a young mom or dad or you're a young person that has an aspiration that, hey, I'm going to get married and I'm going to have a house full of kids. Wherever you're at, I want you to, I want you to hear the word of the Lord this morning. In Genesis chapter 1, verse number 26 and verse number 28, it is a passage of Scripture that is referenced often in this house throughout the years. And it is in the middle of the creation. God is speaking all kinds of things into existence. His majesty, His power is on display and galaxies have been formed and solar systems have been created and we find that fish has been created and beasts are roaming the, roaming the earth. The darkness is separated. Water comes off the face of the deep. And we, we know all these things about creation. But right in the middle of it in verse number 26 through verse number 28, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. But then verse 27 says, so God created man in his image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. 
And then 28, where we're going to talk from today. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. May I introduce to you today the plan of God. And it's called family. I believe it's very evident today that this institution is under one of the greatest attacks that it's ever known, but especially here in the United States of America. According to Pew Research, there is roughly 84.2 million families that make up the United States of America. However, the definition of those families and things has become so muddy. And there's so many things that are contrary to what the biblical definition of family is. If we go back just a short 50 years in the year 1970, some of you would think that was like many, many moons ago, but that was just really like yesterday, I promise. There was a, there's a, a friend of mine on Facebook this week, he was sharing that he uh, was having a conversation with his boy. His boy was like, so dad, he said, how did you guys watch Michael Jordan play basketball when he played? And he said, well, we watched him on TV. And he said, you mean they had TV back then? <laughs> Listen, it wasn't that long ago. Trust me. But in 1970, the age group between 25 and 49 67% of them in 1970, 67% of the age group 25 to 49 was what we would call a biblical description of family or traditional family. It was a man, a woman, and a child or multiple children. 67% of those in that age group were married and they was pursuing life. The year 2021 that same age group now is only 37%. So we see there is a massive decline in family. I've said this often over the last few years, and that is this, the most important place that any of us will do ministry this week, doesn't matter what your gift is, doesn't matter what your talent is, doesn't matter what your calling is, the most important place that you will do ministry this week is in your family is in your home. Yet if we are not careful, please hear me this morning, if we are not careful, it is the place that will be ignored and neglected, which in returns means it will be left unprotected. I believe it can be argued that the masterpiece of creation is the creation of family. Focus on the Family recently wrote an article concerning family, and they made this statement. There are two essential elements of family, marriage and parenthood. These reveal God's character like nothing else in creation. The love between a husband and a wife provide a glimpse of God's passionate devotion to us, his bride. How many can say, thank God he's devoted to me? 
as well as the ups and downs of parenthood offer a compelling picture of God's tenderness and his patience towards us, his children. Can somebody testify and say, I'm so glad that he is patient towards me. However, family does not just reflect God's character, but it also provides a safe place where children can experience God's love as well as to learn how to love others. Marriage of two believers should give a front row seat to the love of Christ. But please hear me. Just because two believers get married does not mean that they have a Christian home. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Please hear me this morning. Christ himself was born within the context of family. God in flesh submitted to an earthly mother and father to model what it means to honor our parents as well as to benefit from their love and direction. It was within the institute called family that Jesus himself grew in wisdom and statue and in favor with God and men. If you read Luke chapter number 2, verse number 52, this is exactly what it says. And Jesus increased in wisdom and statue and in favor with God and man. Our children today need to know that God has a special purpose for placing them within a family. But many of our children in the United States of America today are being birthed outside of this institution called family. But Proverbs 1, 8 and 9 tells us that there is a great purpose It says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. Can I tell you today how important it is, I cannot articulate, but please let me try this morning to let you know that the instruction of a father and the law of a mother cannot be substituted by any other thing. But how will they know if we do not teach them the principles of his word? Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 12. It says, Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which which the Lord thy God hath given thee. May I ask a question to you and I this morning? Does our children truly know what that means? Do we realize that our approval of disrespect, our approval of letting our children have no consequences to their decisions and the behavior is setting them on a path of destruction. Please hear me. Don't run out the door just yet. But Ephesians chapter 6, 1 through 4 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee. 
How many wants it to be well with your children? How many wants it to be well with their grandchildren? To the young people in this room, how many wants it to be right in your life? And how many wants it to be well in your life with the Lord? How many wants to have success? Please hear me. The way that starts is to honor your father and mother, even when you don't agree with them. But then it goes on. It says, and you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Listen, we have a responsibility this morning, church. And that responsibility cannot be ignored. But you and I today have to face some real questions. And I want to give you this question this morning. Who are you allowing to feel your responsibilities? Mothers and fathers have been given the responsibility of leading their children. Notice I said leading their children, not just raising their children. Not just feeding your children, not just putting clothes on the back, but leading your children. Contrary to the modern day ideal that they don't belong to just you, they belong to everybody. Please hear me. Your children, your grandchildren, they are not the property of a government. They are not the property of a school board. They are not the property of a scientific community that thinks they've got it all figured out. But they belong to you and they belong to God. Psalms 127 tells us this, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. It tells me this, that they belong to him and only him. He's entrusted them into your care for a certain amount of time, and you and I have to steward them. We have to lead them. We have to develop them. But please hear me. We will answer for how we steward our house. You see the presence of the Lord this morning in this room has become so abnormal that our children don't even know what it is. They don't even know what it is to respond to the move of the Spirit. And that's not a knock on our children or our young people. But it's because mommies and daddies have not led them into the presence of Almighty God. We've led them to religious activities, and we have led them to, uh, to seeker-friendly movements, and we've led them to entertainment, but yet we have not led them into the presence of God. But I have to remind you that in Ephesians 6 and 4, it says, but bring them up, speaking especially to the fathers, bring them up in the ways of the Lord, in the atmosphere of the Lord. Please hear me. If we fail here, we fail everywhere. The hope for this generation begins within the unit called family. Proverbs 22 and 6 tells us, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Notice well before Timothy was ever mentored before by Paul. He was taught to know the Lord, and Paul reminds him of this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. Notice what he says. He says, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Notice verse 15, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Do you realize the greatest thing you can do to your children is to teach them the word of the Lord? Right. 
them a dollar for every passage they learn. I don't care. Pay them 20 for every one they learn. Whatever it takes. Uh, what I'm telling you is this. Uh, when the word of the Lord is present in their life, uh, it will lead them and guide them into a place of success. Listen, do everything else that you do with them. That is fine. I am not speaking ill of that. Go buy them the $300 pair of cleats for baseball. Absolutely. Let them have the best if that's what you can do for them. But listen, uh, at the same time, if you are not giving them the Holy Scriptures, you are giving them nothing. Please hear me. Who was responsible for instilling these things into Timothy. Well, if you read 2 Timothy 1 and 5, you will find who it was. Paul was telling Timothy, now a man, says, when I call to remembrance the unfinished faith that is in you, he says, it first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. He said, I am persuaded that it's in you. He said, listen, your grandma and your mama, they did well with you, is what he's saying. He said, they instilled something inside of you in such a manner that it's oozing out of you, and therefore I am persuaded. And what he was saying is this, no man is going to get me to doubt that that faith is not in you because that which your mama had and that which your grandma had, I know it's there because the residue of it is all over you. Can I ask you this morning, is the residue of the Holy Ghost uh, all over your children? Or do you only express that when you're in the house of God? But can I tell you, this isn't the house of God. This is a designated place of worship, uh, but this is the house of God. I knew you wouldn't shout me down this morning, but that's all right. Uh, I say all of this to reveal to us today that we must once again rebuild the biblical structure of family. We must raise up a generation of young people uh, into a realm where they understand the power and the anointing and the presence of God. I want to share with you the importance of your role in raising your child and leading your child this morning. Please hear me. If you hear nothing else, I need you to hear this statement that I'm getting ready to make right now. That which you allow and that which you embrace will be what becomes the foundation upon which your children will build their lives. I want to say that again. That which you allow and that which you embrace will be, and it will become the foundation upon which your children will build their lives. So if the word is never read, prayer is never heard, Biblical principles are never practiced, and times of instruction is never implemented. Don't expect your children to love God or his church. I don't care how many times you bring them to church. They will love the world and all that it presents to them because that is all they will know. Can I give you a warning this morning? Proverbs 16 and 25. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. It is not enough to bring your children to church on Sunday. I'm glad they're here. 
It's not enough to listen to Caleb in your car everywhere you go. Keep listening. It's not enough to go to Winterfest or to youth conference. They must be brought up in a protected house. They must be brought up with a mommy and a daddy that understands that Jesus is first and foremost. Husbands, please hear me. It is nobody else's responsibility but yours to be the priest of your home. And I will look you square in the eye today and tell you, men, become the example. Quit waiting for your wives to be it. But husbands, please hear me. Begin to pray with your wife and let your children take notice and be the godly example that God has called you to be. Young men in this room, hear me. If you're too embarrassed to pray with your future wife, then you don't need to get married because you're not worthy to have a wife. You have to step up and be a man. Men pray. I'm sorry. A real man will pray. Because a real man knows that he can't do anything by himself. A real man knows that he has to have God and his direction and his guidance if he is going to take his family into the place that God wants them to be. I don't say that mean spirited today. But I'm saying if that doesn't describe you, change your behavior because God's got better than what you presently have. Wives are enjoying this right now until this statement. I'll probably duck as soon as I say it, and it won't be because I'm anointed. It will to keep my head. But wife, stop criticizing your husband and come alongside him and encourage him to be the priest of his home. It's hard enough to figure it out without being criticized the whole time you're trying to figure it out. Because it's not about you and I, but it is about this institution called family. It's about understanding our children need to have an opportunity. So therefore, I speak to mamas and daddies both, husbands and wife both, dust off the Bible and stop using it for decor in your house uh, and begin to use it for what it was given to us for. Let it be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. For without it, you and I will walk in darkness. I'm hurrying today. Start leading your family out of darkness and begin to create a sanctuary for your family that is filled with light. Let your home become a place of hope and peace and rest instead of conflict and confusion. Too often this morning, please hear me, too often this morning we are telling a generation to live out a message that they hear preached about on Sunday, but yet they have never witnessed it in action in their life. We tell them they should follow after the Lord, but they don't see us do it. We tell them they need to have an encounter with God, but yet they've never seen us in an encounter with God. They tell us that we should surrender our all, but yet we're committed to everything else other than the things that God has in his word. We have allowed the world to take up residence in our lives and in our homes. And then we wonder why we have no victory, no peace, and no rest. If I could say it this way this morning, it's time to repair the breaches of our home and rebuild the walls. 
Our children are hanging in the balance this morning. If I had time this morning, I would preach a message, but I'm going to bring this to a close this morning if they want to come to the piano. But we have to say enough is enough. I declare this to you today. This is a truth today. That if you and I as men and women of God, husbands and wives, mommies and daddies, grandmas and grandpas, aunts and uncles, if we will wake up and stand up for the children of this generation, these children will be brought up into the prophetic utterance that God has spoken over their life where they will walk with the prophetic anointing and they will begin to see things in the spirit that God has ordained for them to see and to have knowledge of. I recently listened to a message that spoke volumes to my life. I had never heard anyone really minister in this manner from it. And I'm working on putting a series together off of this one message that this elderly man of God delivered so elegantly and so anointed. J.D. Osborne is his name, and the title of the message is simply this, To the Priest Goes the Skins. He took his text from the book of Leviticus, and you will find that when all of the offerings and things was done in the temple, you know, the priests, they would, they would share the meat, and they would share the things that was taken because that was their livelihood. But there was something that was personal. And this message began to speak to me. For the priest that would go in and would begin to skin the animals. For the sacrifice. While it was a group of priests, but there was one that was designated, they would rotate this. And whoever would go in and skin the animals, his reward or his payment, his personal payment, was the skin. He got to keep it. So for every offering that he skinned, he would take that skin and that skin would go back and he would take it to his house and those skins would be used for clothing and decor and things that they needed. But one of the most often things that was created was clothing. But you see, a priest was supposed to go through an inspection. They couldn't just skin anything. It had to meet a criteria. Because the Lord doesn't just offer anything. At that time, he, it needed to be pure. It needed to not have a spot. It needed to not have a blemish. It, it had to meet this criteria. But if the priest was neglecting his responsibility, please hear me. 
If he was neglecting his responsibility and he just said, well, we'll just take whatever, and he begins to skin it, that skin was going home with him, and it wasn't going to be in the temple, but it was going to be in his house. And you know what? Because he skinned anything, meaning he accepted anything, his children was going to be wearing spotted garments. His house was going to be filled with spotted decor. I want to say to you today, by the unction of the Holy Spirit, we've gotten so comfortable and we have accepted so much that what you don't realize, men of God, when you let nothing be resisted at the door and you just say, well, they're just kids and we just accept it all. they, They know right from wrong, but you have no boundaries, mommies and daddies. You hear me. You know what you're doing? You're doing the same thing that priest did. You're skinning something. And you're bringing that back home and you're putting that on your children. You're putting that in your house. And your house is filled with an atmosphere of homosexuality. Your house is filled with demonic spirits. Your house is filled with idol worship. Your house is filled with all this spotted stuff. And then you wonder why your kids can't come to the house of God and lift their hands. Your house is unprotected. I don't care you shouted this morning. Your shout ain't gonna free nobody if you keep letting your house stay unprotected. Cause you're gonna walk out of freedom in this morning, you're gonna walk right back into bondage. Because of everything you've been just skinning. You have to rebuild your family. Not everything can be named among you. Well, I don't, I, I, I don't want to be, listen, get over this thin skin mentality that I don't want anybody to not like me. I don't want anybody this or that. And listen, no, 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 no. Your house should be different than the houses of the world because in your house is where he lives and dwells. Your house should be a place where there's a light burning where people are drawn to it and say, I want what they have. But can I tell you, we've lost our witness. We've lost our testimony because our house is unprotected. But you and I have to rebuild our family. And we do that by simply saying, I'm not going to let my children wear spotted garments. I'm not going to let just anything and everything be in my life. But I'm going to be the man of God that God's called me to be. I'm going to be the woman of God God's called me to be. I'm going to be the example. I'm going to make sure my house is protected. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your your young men shall see vision, and your old men shall dream dreams. Can I tell you today I'm transitioning into that old men category, and it's really not all that bad. You know why it's not all that bad is because I'm beginning to dream. 
You know what I'm dreaming? I'm dreaming of the day that I get to see this young man not just play the drums, but preach the gospel. I'm dreaming. Lord, let me, let me stay healthy enough and long enough to see little Blakelet and little Porter begin to move under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. My house isn't perfect. Just talk to Debbie, she'll tell you. But my house is a house that has made room for Jesus. My house is a house where we ain't making room for the world. We're not making room for all the garbage. Turn it off. It's not in here. It's not welcome here. We, we don't participate in those things. But in our house, we will sing ABCs with Mickey Mouse. Don't, don't hold that against me. I don't like it either. But at the same time, we will lift our hands in worship and simply say, He picked me up and He turned me around and He placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. I thank God. He picked me up. He turned me around. Place my feet on solid ground. I thank the Savior. I thank God. Would you stand with me this morning? Can you say he's picked me up and has turned me around? And has he put your feet on solid ground? Can I ask you this morning? What are you standing on? What are you standing on? Father, forgive us this morning for not standing on your word. Lord, as we stand together this morning in your house, oh, what a wonderful morning it's been. Oh, your presence. Holy Spirit, the miracle-working power that we have felt in this room, God, we give you praise and glory and honor for it. But Lord, today, Lord, in this beautiful nation that we get to call home, the United States of America, Lord, we lift her up before you today. For Lord, we know that we have went wayward. We have walked away from the foundational principles on which we was built. Lord, I believe today that our nation was built for a purpose. Lord, it was a land that was founded like no other. Lord, I'm not telling you anything you don't know today. I'm just reminding you. Lord, the earliest of settlers came and set their feet on these grounds because they wanted a place to worship. 
And Lord, you honored that. And while our history is not perfect, we have a history that has honored you and made room for you. Oh, but today, Lord, there's many within our borders today that don't know who you are, nor do they know the mighty works that you have done. So, God, we say forgive us. Lord, we pray the prayer that Nehemiah prayed. Lord, give us the strength, give us the ability, give us the know-how, give us the wisdom, give us the power and the anointing to rebuild the walls and to repair the gates. And Lord, we know in order for that to take place, it begins in one place, the institution that you started called family. So today, Lord, I lift before you every husband, every wife, every dad, every mom, every grandfather, every grandmother. Lord, I lift them before you today, and I pray that as we lift ourselves up that we would simply say this, Lord, teach us, mold us, make us into your image in such a manner that we would correctly lead a generation not just to see you, but to lead them into a place where they can experience you. Today, Lord, let our hearts be turned towards family. Let us understand the assignment that is given. Lord, let our houses not be unprotected, but Lord, let them be protected by the power and the anointing of your spirit. But Lord, let us learn from the children of Israel and their behavior of what they did in Exodus chapter 12 before they made their exit out of bondage. And they took that hyssop branch and they dipped it in that basin of blood and they smote the lintel on the doorpost of their homes and they went in and they abided under the blood. Lord, give us wisdom on how to do that. Give us direction. Give us an attitude to do that today, I pray. We ask this in your precious name. Jesus name in Jesus name every head bowed every eye closed just for a moment this morning please you would say pastor this morning I've listened I've experienced to his I've experienced his presence in this room and I've heard the message today and You'd say, I want to be that godly husband. I want to be that godly father. I, I want to be the one to lead my children. I don't want somebody else to take that responsibility. I'm not giving that to anyone. I'm taking that back, and I'm going to lead my children. I'm going to lead my family, but I need wisdom. I need knowledge on how to do that. I'm speaking to the men this morning, first of all. If that's you this morning, would you just lift your hand up and put it right back down? You say, you're talking to me, preacher. God bless you. God bless you. To the mamas in this room, please hear me. The 
children need the instruction of their fathers, but they also need the law of their mothers. And you'd say, you know, I, I hear, I want the Lord to lead me and guide me and direct me as I lead my children. I don't care if they're five years old or 15 years old, doesn't matter. You'd say, I want God's direction. I, I'll surrender to it. I'll submit to what God reveals to me on how to make changes and lead my family. If that's you this morning, would you just lift your hand up and put it back down? I, God bless you. You say, why do you make us do that? I don't make you do anything. I just invite you to do that. But it's for a public acknowledgement in the eyes of the Lord. So today, I want to pray with every one of you that lifted your hands today. And I'm believing that the Lord is going to give you. He's going to give you direction. He's going to give you guidance. Father, in the name of Jesus, you saw every hand. And Lord, today the question is not that do we love our children? We know we love our children, and you know we love our children. But Lord, we're going to pray first of all that just ask you would forgive us for maybe not leading them into your presence like we should have. Lord, forgive us for being too busy doing everything else except for bringing them and leading them to the place of Scripture. Lord, forgive us for teaching them the importance of prayer. But Lord, I pray for every man, first of all today. And Lord, I pray for a holy boldness to come upon him. Lord, I pray that there would be an appetite to be the priest of his home. I pray there would be an appetite for him to stand and become the oracle of you in his home. Let him pick up the word and let it become alive in him so then it can become alive in his children and his wife those he's connected to those he's leading Lord I pray this morning Lord I pray that there would be a wind of refreshing but there would also be a, an awareness of the responsibility that we as men possess to lead our families and to care for our homes. And Lord, I pray for the ladies that lifted their hands and those that's in this room. Whether they're feeling the role of a mother or a grandmother this morning, Lord, I pray that they would hear the word of the Lord and that word would become the law in which they administer into their homes and lives and in their children. Lord, I pray for strength and encouragement to come to them because, Lord, I know that sometimes it's just overwhelming the responsibilities of the workload of the day and then to try to care and raise and keep a home together. I know sometimes it's just overwhelming. So, Lord, today I pray for encouragement. I pray for strength, physical and spiritually and emotionally. Lord, I pray that there would be an appetite for them to be that example. Let them just not steal away to a place of prayer all the time by themselves, but let them take the hands of those little ones and take them into that place of prayer as they go. Lord, let their song of worship not just be in the 
confines of a quiet place away but Lord as they're going through the house let their let their praise and worship of you be on their lips and let it be what penetrates the atmosphere Lord I pray for the restoration of family this morning for Lord we know that is the key a generation back to you and for the preserving of a nation to fulfill our assignment of taking this glorious gospel to the ends of the earth so today Lord I pray I pray blessings upon your people blessings upon their families in Jesus name the church says Hey everyone, thanks for watching. I hope you enjoyed this message and I hope it blessed you. And please check our description below. You'll find all of our social medias linked below. And as always, please subscribe so we can reach more people. As always, thanks for watching and I hope to see you soon.